It's time to get happy. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress Gaiman. A fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Leaks is going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting Happiness on Togginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good afternoon and good evening wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about the annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. So today we're going to talk a little bit about rolling into summer and slowing the pace down, and how we connect back up and in with our families and ourselves. And we're doing that with some fellow TogiNet sisters. Um, we've got uh, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin who will be with it, be with us today. And I want to talk about um, our, our power as women and, and our families and just reconnecting. So Sandra Beck is the host of three shows, and that's Military Mom Talk Radio, Motherhood Talk Radio, and Powered Up Talk Radio with Linda Franklin. Simultaneously, Sandra has built a virtual empire of successful companies entirely staffed, managed, and implemented using a host of virtual assistants and online resources. Sandra is also the author of Motherhood Incorporated, The Smart Woman's Guide to Working from Home with Just a Computer and an internet connection, and Blogforia, how to reach millions of people without spending a dime. She is a powerhouse and a dynamo, and I welcome you. Good morning, San. Hey, Lisa. I'm so happy to be here today. I am so happy to have you here today. Are you are you typing? Are you multitasking on your little computer as we speak? <laughs> For you, no, but most of the time, yes. <laughs> because I can hear someone tapping away. Tap, 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 and tap, it's not tap. me. I've got I've, I have a hands off uh, policy th- th- this morning because I want to make sure that we have the best connection possible. So, Sam, let's talk about um, reconnecting with our families, pow- uh, the, the, the power of summer. We're going to talk about power in women today, but let's also talk about the power of the slower pace of summer and what well, you're doing in service to that. You know, Linda, it's funny you say that because, you know, today is the last day of school at our school and everybody is running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And 
it's just one of those things where tomorrow when we don't have to get up and race to school and homework doesn't need to be done and calls don't need to be made and, you know, lunches and all that stuff, we can just take a collective breath and enjoy each other. And what I've seen as my kids get a little bit older is the families are planning very, very low-key get-togethers where in the past everything was balloons and jumpers and let's meet at the water park and let's do this. What I'm seeing is a global relaxation. And I see this with my family back east and my friends overseas that we're getting back to the things that matter, which is just sitting and talking to each other, you know, playing a game that doesn't involve us all wired into technology. Um, it's very, very interesting what a simple game of Battleship or Candyland can do on a summer afternoon with popsicles. It's like we've gone back to the 50s, but it's a very, very healthy thing, at least for me. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I have two teenagers, and they've just finished school, and our pace has really slowed down remarkably. And what I find that it's enabled me to do is slow my own pace down with my own work to work a little bit different schedule. You know, maybe I'm up a little bit earlier in the morning when it's quiet, so I'm able to be present and plug in with the kids when they're up. Um, it's just really just focus on what is required and necessary to be done and then also taking the time to savor what is happening with the children because your kids are younger than mine, but that that instant from the ages of, of your boys to these teenagers, it passes in the blink of an eye. Well, especially when you fill it with everything under the sun, you know, I noticed that, you know, my kids have karate instructions and music instructions and language instructions. There's not a lot of downtime and I work, you know, and though I work from home, Linda, it's like a lot of times I'm doing my work at the kitchen table while my kids are doing the homework and we're not really engaging and I have dinner cooking at the same time and it's go, go, go. And it's that race to get everybody in the tub by 730 in bed by eight. And there's really really no time to just sit and connect, to cuddle, to snuggle, to to watch a TV show together or um, sit out in the pool. I mean, one of my favorite things to do is give the kids a noodle and I get on my float and we put some music on and we talk about, I don't know, the birds, sky, you know, the latest movie coming out. But we don't get that much during the school year. It's about connection. The downtime then becomes connection time. I want to chat a little bit about your leaving corporate America to be home with your children. This is a model for many parents in this day and age, and not just for the women. You know, men are doing this too, where they are opting out of the nine to five, opting out of the desk, and certainly the suit and tie in favor of being present with their families. Absolutely, Linda. You know, that was a really tough decision for me because, you know, I came from a little farming community and I put myself through school, got a high-powered degree, and then, you know, worked for Disney, CBS, and then took a great, great high-paying job in Beverly Hills, of all places, at a huge corporation. You know, kind of the dream job, the dream career. But then I had these little ones and I wanted to be with them. And it was a step down initially in my salary, a huge step down. As I built my company, it was a bunch of different stress, but the difference was I could work at my kitchen table, I could work on the couch, I could bring my kids in the playpen, into my office, in my home, and I could play with them in between calls. I could nurse them without having to, you know, pump in a 
in a public bathroom. And I know that a lot of women do this and they do this successfully. So this is no knock on them, but it didn't work for me. And for me, I didn't want to miss those burpy smiles. I didn't want to miss their first steps. I didn't want to miss, um, playing trains with my three-year-old and it was very funny Lisa for me to go on a conference call with people all over the world talking technology and then for 25 minutes running out sitting on the floor and building these Thomas the train tracks and singing you know it's great to be an engine and then going back in you know into this corporate arena and at first it was a little tough I'll be honest it was hard on my brain to switch from like mom to corporate executive back to mom but it was worth it. It was worth it every every step of the way. It is, you know, like the wheels on the bus personified. Except <laughs> 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 so I was going up and down. That's exactly, the <laughs> exactly. The moms are the ones that are spinning around all day long. My children were older when this when when I started doing this, so it was a little bit easier to communicate with them that I'm working, that I wasn't able to focus on them at the moment. But it also, in my experience, presents another set of challenges when your children see you home and present physically that you might not always be present, you know, to focus your attention on them, that you've got, you know, one hand on the phone on a conference call, the other on the keyboard, and they're asking for a popsicle. Yeah, that's really hard. It's hard and it ta- you know, we have to train them. You know, it's like we potty train them and then we train them to behave when we're working out of the home. Yes. And it's, it's, you know, my, my little one is a little better at that because he's only known a mom that works. And he, from the age of about three understood when these headphones went on, you know, he has to be quiet, which was really tough for him. But my older one got to the point, you know, he had me for uh, a couple years or probably four years before the real craziness began. And he was like, I hate that black thing. Like he hated my Blackberry. You know, he only likes my iPhone because he can watch Netflix on it. But he really, began to resent a lot of the things and he wanted to know why mommy was the only one doing this because in our peer group mommies either went to work or mommy stayed home and I was kind of the experimental freak in the neighborhood who was trying to combine these two things and talking about combining the combination plan of family life fun and work both of us, I know, in conversation have talked about getting to do what we do, that we both really enjoy the work that we're doing, you know, that we're providing a service, we're, we're doing something that we love. And I want you to talk a little bit about your experience with this, this combo plan. Um, well, in, in, initially, I had a little trouble juggling the combo plan. I brought my kids on appointments with me with the nanny and... Um, what ended up happening, Lisa, because I live on a horse ranch north of Los Angeles, I wanted that privacy. I had to drive into the city uh, to do certain things, whether it was a recording or a meeting or whatever. And my kids were little, so I brought a nanny along. And then a light turned on with me that if I get my kids up and my nanny in the car and we get down into the city and I do my appointments till like one o'clock, they then can go with me to the Los Angeles Zoo. We can go to the La Brea Tar Pits in the afternoon. We can, you know, go to the beach and go walk on the boardwalk. And I started combining the work places I had to go. I traveled with my kids to Montreal. I took them to Hawaii. I took them to New York. It wasn't easy by any stretch of the 
the imagination, but it was so much fun. And I got to look forward to um, doing these things with my kids. And it made me feel less left out because there's a lot of times that I feel left out when there are these truly stay-at-home moms who can cook and they can show up at everything. So um, it's really important that you find the balance that works for you. Very well said. We are going to need to take a break, and I want to give our listeners the contact information of how, when, and where they can connect with you. To learn more about Sandra's three shows on toginet.com, you can look up Military Mom Talk Radio, Motherhood Talk Radio, and Powered Up Talk Radio with Linda Franklin, who will be joining us in the next segment for a wonderful conversation about everything. Um, And Sandra Beck can be reached at sandrabeck.com. Twitter, she is Sandra Beck. And on Facebook, she is also conveniently Sandra Beck. And you're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypers Kamen. And when we return, we will bring on Linda Franklin, the real cougar woman and of Shining Service Worldwide. And again, Powered Up Talk Radio. Here come the tunes. Stay with us. We will be right back. know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity we'll be right back to explain how on harvesting happiness with lisa cypress king on toginet.com happiness is an inside job wear the message on t-shirts baseball caps sterling silver designer jewelry and more please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Kamen has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, you are here today with my fellow TogiNet host, Sandra Beck, and we are talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of summer. 
being a uh, stay-at-home working mother and how we work from home, how we care for our children, how we're slowing down the pace this summer to be more present with our kids, to be more connected, and how this reflects in our business lives and our abilities to connect um, more uh, authentically, I would say, as a result. And joining us is Sandra's counterpart in crime, Linda Franklin. She is her co-host on the show, Powered Up Talk Radio. And I want to tell you a little bit about Linda before we bring her on. She's the creator of TheRealCougarWoman.com, where her focus is working with women, showing them how to unleash their feminine energy, um, as well as ShiningServiceWorldwide.com, which Linda's charitable efforts that support women in the military community. The goal of this organization is the successful reintegration of women back into civilian life. And as we mentioned, Linda is the co-host of the radio show Powered Up Talk Radio, along with Sandra Beck, who is here today. In addition, Linda is the author of Don't Ever Call Me Ma'am, where she gives fabulous tips on beauty, health, sex, relationships, and financial responsibility. Good morning, Linda. Welcome. You know what? We're having... A, a technically challenging morning. So we're just going to stay on the line and chat with Sandra Beck and carry on our conversation. And Linda will join us when she gets here. So Sandra, let's go back to talking about um, transitioning from the conventional workplace to the home workplace, how it affects our families, and the power of pursuing your dreams, because this is how we'll segue in with Linda. Um, p- pursuing your dreams. You had a dream. You had a can-do spirit. I did. I had a dream and my dream had to uh, grow and amend and change uh, as I went along because I didn't intend to be divorced. I didn't intend to have two children. My original dream was to have four or five children, to live on a horse ranch, to be married and live happily ever after and write romance novels. (laughs) That was my first dream. And then I morphed into dream 2.0, which was two kids, the horse ranch and four dogs. So I added little feet, uh, four feet instead of two feet, got divorced and realized that I needed to make some serious money if I'm going to fund the lifestyle I want and provide for my children. So I moved my writing career over toward technology and I studied and reinvented myself and became who I am today, which is a version. I call it Sand 2.0. It's a version of my original 1.0 dream. And Honestly, Lisa, I don't know where I would be happier. I think we have dreams and our dreams can grow as we grow because we're not the same as we were when we were 25. Amen. (laughs) You know, I don't know that any of us would really want to go back to being 25, maybe holding at 39, possible. But certainly um, all the trials and tribulations that come with young adulthood um, are more challenging than those that come, I would say, with parenthood. Absolutely. Parenthood. Um, and I, I waited later in life to have my kids. I was 35 when I had my kids. And I knew I was ready to have kids, Lisa, because I was working in Beverly Hills, which is like one of the shopping capitals of the world. And as shallow as it sounds, I walked around Rodeo Drive going, oh, there's nothing left for me to buy. I should have a kid. And, <laughs> and it was that prosaic, like that, you know, that 
at that time in my life, I thought, I've done all the things I've wanted to do for this time. I've traveled all over the world, and I'm ready for this next new adventure. So when my kids came along, and they were the product of fertility treatments, was which was one of my first big challenges. Normally, I had been able to muscle through, figure things out, you know, move energies around, move people around to get what I want. But what I couldn't do was move nature around. And that was something that was really humbling to me for the first time in my life. I didn't get what I want when I wanted it. And that was a really big, that was the first parenting challenge for me. The, 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 the path to parenting was the, was the big challenge is what you're saying is not getting what you want, not being able to put it in a marketing plan and, and make it happen. Absolutely. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything but pray and hope. And, and that's, for, <laughs> that's no, pretty and, humbling for a type A personality. Yes, yes. Pray and hope and practice. I mean, you should add the practice in there because, you know, there, there, there is a method. You know, children don't, don't come from thin air, right? They don't. They don't. They come from hard work, test tubes, and science projects. <laughs> <laughs> so the dream, I, 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 what I'm hearing you say is that your dreams were the realization that in order to make dreams become reality that we have to keep ourselves open and we have to be able to course correct and adjust and be resilient when life is not always cooperating with the map that we've created. True, true. And sometimes the map we created is really short-sighted. Like for me, it was short-sighted. And I found out that when I opened myself to what was being presented by the universe and decided, you know what, I'm just going to go with this flow. I'm going to have two kids instead of five. I'm going to get divorced instead of living the L.L. Bean dream with the golden retriever, the handsome husband, and the beautiful kids. I mean, I still have the beautiful kids and the golden retriever, (laughs) and I shop from L.L. Bean. But I had to kind of get real with what my life was going to be and not in a bad way. It was in a very good way to be open to what was presented to me. Let's talk a little bit about your connection to the military and the work that you do philanthropically, um, not only of your your time, but through the radio show to educate listeners about the um, returning home process. Um, Well, I think it's really important that we recognize that the normal that our service members had prior to deployment, similar to the normal I had prior to my divorce, when we come home from any sort of situation, whether it's traumatic or wonderful, we're forever changed. And I think in an environment, in a culture that we have where we're supposed to stay the same and, you know, we have artificial grass and GMO fruits, you know, so nothing has a mark or a blemish. It was a real eye-opener to me uh, in working with military families about this transition and how we really need to teach ourselves transitioning from childhood on forward because we transition our whole life. I don't know why it's suddenly this big deal. It's something we should have been learning from the cradle. Well, you know, you make a very good point. One of the things that, because I do a lot of workshops with men and women who have come home from service, we use applied positive psychology coaching in the programming, and the resiliency that they are taught when they deploy for service is specific to the war environment. And those skills are not um, reassigned or rewired when these young men and women come home. So the adjustment to a new normal or a a civilian life after war is very, very complicated. 
because it's very different. Life is very, very different with so many choices and options as opposed to a mission that one is given when they're deployed. Absolutely, absolutely. But I think the transition skills, if we teach our children transitioning skills, like whether they're transitioning schools or they're moving or a parent dies or a grandparent dies or an animal dies, you know, we try so hard to make our lives these Brady Bunch 30-second episodes that everything is fixed, you know, in a, in a moment's notice or at the commercial break. I think we do a disservice to our children. I know, Lisa, you and I talk a lot about you know teaching children these tools they can help with these massive massive life transitions like coming back from war or going off to war and it comes down to resiliency and we don't teach it it's not something that is taught in schools it's something that smart parents teach that life is not always perfect life will not always go according to plan that people are born people will die bad things will happen to people to everyone something will happen at one time or another and the issue is how we are going to cope with those things when they arise and certainly divorce is a huge opportunity for children you know both of us have been through a divorce we both have two children and how we package and present the separation and subsequent divorce and all that ensued as a result of it um, is key to their success in not only managing it, but thriving in spite of it. Absolutely. I mean, I think about the life isn't fair model that divorced kids learn right off the bat. It's like whether my sons want to stay home with me and watch a movie, they can't. They are court ordered to go over to their dads, you know, after school at three o'clock. They don't have these choices and they're not that dissimilar from the choice of, you know, of having to go to school in the morning. But, you know, you can sometimes leave them home if they're not feeling well. But in this situation, they learn very quickly how to navigate between two different households, two different rule systems, two different family structures. In my house, there's me and my dad in their house, there's a, a girlfriend and her two older children in their teens. Big, big transitions that go back and forth. And these things need attention and they need people to help them transition through this process. And that has to come from the school, that has to come from the therapeutic community, and has to come from the parent. We're going to go to a break, and when we come back, let's talk a little bit about the therapeutic community and how it relates to resiliency. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Those tunes are coming, but to learn more about Sandra Beck, go to SandraBeck.com, Twitter Sandra Beck, and Facebook Sandra Beck. And we will be right back. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Everyone likes to win. Enter our weekly contests at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook where we give away our guests' books, music, film, and products each week. In addition, we also do great Harvesting Happiness giveaways like free coaching sessions with Lisa Cypress-Kamen, Lisa's Books, Happiness First Aid Kits, H-Factor Where Is Your Heart documentary film, 
Happiness is an inside job products, including the Sterling Silver Infinity Bracelet that benefit Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Joining us now, I urge you to download the podcast of this episode on iTunes where you'll learn more about Sandra Beck and the work that she's doing with her three radio shows on toginet.com, Military Mom Talk Radio, Motherhood Talk Radio, and Powered Up Talk Radio, co-hosted with Linda Franklin, who we are going to bring on in a New York minute. But I just wanted to circle back to uh, a thought that we were finishing up prior to the break, uh, Sam, and this was about resiliency and teaching our children to bounce back when bad things happen and how that relates to the military population that the three of us are working with. Yes, absolutely. I mean, part of the bounce back, Lisa, has to be the recognition initially that things don't always go our way. Change is normal and it happens. And the faster you get your head around whatever's going around with you accepting it for what it is and moving on in your new normal, the better off you're going to be. I see my kids, especially my older ones, struggling a lot. Well, it used to be like this. It used to be like this, Mommy. And the fact of the matter is, yes, it did, but it is not going to be that way ever again. And that is over, and we need to work on letting that go, as harsh as that sounds, to tell you know, a six-year-old that, that this is the new normal. But the faster we adjust to our new normal, the better we're able to care for ourselves in what we need to do for ourselves to move forward. And that new normal really requires good self-care, and we need to teach our children the good self-care. And the good self-care is not just about taking a shower and putting on clean underwear. It's really about taking care of all the aspects of our person, how we take care of ourselves mentally, psychologically, emotionally, as well as physically. And these skills are not normally taught in the school environment. They're not really even normally taught in the home environment, except where the parents are aware. Um, I want to move the conversation over to Linda's side because she's the real cougar woman. And I want to talk about good self-care as it relates to being a woman and coming into that ripe, juicy middle of life um, fully present, alive, and engaged. So just jump in, Linda. Good morning, by the way. Good morning to you, ladies. 
let's get some powerful feminine energy flowing here. <laughs> well, I think it already is, but hopefully I can add a little bit to it. Yeah, I mean, we're ta- I'm talking about um, aging all the time with women because, you know, whether or not we want to admit it, we're very, very conscious of, of that time uh, going by and that clock ticking. Uh, but it is so important that you understand um, that every decade that you have to change, here was that word again, change, you know, what you're doing to take care of yourself because what you did at 20, you can't, you know, you need more at 40, you need more at 50, 60, and so on. Uh, if you stick with um, the same old routine, um, you know, your body is going to pay for it. And you, too, uh, changed careers. You were on Wall Street for many decades. And I want to talk about how you uh, converted all of that energy and uh, dynamo to this present passion that you have. Well, um, you know, a lot of women will say, oh, it was easy. I really didn't like what I was doing, so it was... um you know, it, it wasn't a tough move. Well, for me, it was a very, very tough move because I loved working on Wall Street for all of those years. Wall Street was very, very good to me. And even though it was, you know, it was high stress and, and a lot of responsibility, um, it was wonderful. And it took me many years to readjust to a different time clock. Mm. because I was very, very um, unsure of myself when I left uh, because um, I didn't know what, what to do. Yeah, I know that there's you know, people say, well, yes, I left work, and then I started to play golf, or I started to play tennis, or I started to do all this charitable work. Or, um, and, you know, I tried a lot of different things, but it wasn't satisfying me because I still had this kind of uh, burning in my belly that wouldn't go away. So um, I had to, I had to learn to slow down. I had to be very conscious of of that because uh, otherwise (laughs) it wasn't a good thing. When I, when I first left Wall Street, I was in, I live in a big building in New York with a doorman. I was embarrassed to go out during the day because I felt everyone was looking at me to say, how come she's not in the office? Interesting. And, you know, this theme of slowing down is repetitive. At the beginning of the show, Sandra and I were talking about embracing the the tempo of of summer and slowing down to be more present with our children, to be more engaged with our children, and the transition point of working outside of the home to being a career woman in the home with children, raising them at the same time. And it's interesting to hear you comment about leaving Wall Street, leaving a high-powered position out in the business world, and slowing down your own tempo and your own internal clock and beginning to embrace another dream that is yet part of the tapestry that is the story of your life and the book that you're writing. Yeah, no, it, it really is. Um, and, and, you know, I, we keep coming back to the word over and over and over and over again. It's change, 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 change. You cannot hold on to what was. I heard Sandra say that at the beginning of our segment. Things change. You never know what's going to come down the pike tomorrow or, or, or an hour from now or a minute from now, but the only thing we have control over is how we're going to react to it. Are we going to, are we going to embrace it or are we going to be afraid of it? And, you know, it, 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 this isn't something that you evolve into overnight. It, you know, it's something that you have to work on constantly until it gets to be a habit that you don't even think about anymore. Exactly. But it's, 
it's a but at the beginning it's it's a conscious effort to to stop the old behavior and and try to get into that new mode Sandra, I'm going to ask you to jump in here for a minute and talk about why women over fat 40 are fabulous, you know, because there are three of us here, right? And we're all over 40 and we are fabulous, I can guarantee you. And let's talk a little bit about this juicy right middle of life and what it feels like and what are the best parts of it. Oh, I could go on for hours on that. I, I have to tell you, for somebody who suffered with a body image problem and an eating disorder when I was younger, to be able to be 40 and curvy and love my body, and sure, I still work out and I still, there's things I don't like about it, but to be comfortable in my own skin, and I think, um, and I know this sounds really terrible, but dating a much younger man who thought I was beautiful gave me that other eyeball window to look at myself and I think being myself I've finally gotten into my own skin that you know what I am quirky I am funny I don't do things the way other parents do them I don't do things the way other women do them I found a group of women present company included who are all being the best version of themselves and leading women into a new viewpoint of what 40-something looks like. 40-something, when I was growing up, you know, in farm country meant cutting your hair short, you know, becoming a grandma and cooking all day and then knitting things and waiting for your grandbabies to be born. The 40-somethings of today rock it. They are building companies. They are building charities. They look fabulous. They're bodybuilders and they're dancers. And they they just look so beautiful. And they've embraced themselves. And I'm right along with them. I just think being 40 is the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm, beautifully put. And, I, and you touched upon something about dating a younger man. And I want to get Linda's take on this because she is the real cougar woman. All right. So Linda, from the real cougar perspective, talk to us. Talk to us about the myth and the, uh, and the uh, meaningfulness of being with a younger man. Well, the myth is that there's a whole group of older women out there on the prowl that every night out they're out skulking for younger men to take home for a quick roll in the hay, and that's it. Um, that's <laughs> not what I found. Um, I have talked to a lot of women over these years that I've done this uh, Real Cougar Woman blog, and the men, the younger men, are in pursuit of the women. Now, another myth is that they are in pursuit of the older woman because of of easy sex and of uh, easier money. Mm. Now, yes, you know, you have a woman, no matter what her age and how old the person that she's dating with, you have to be very comfortable. You have to use your common sense that, you know, and, and read somebody's character that they're there for the right reasons. But as a rule, it's just these women are so fascinated to be with the older woman because they're so confident. They, they, they learn a lot. They're willing to share. They're, they're not um, hounding them all the time about the biological clock because most of these women either have had their children already or have chosen not to have children at all. So there's a lot, of, and they're self-sufficient. They don't need to be hanging on for company, you know, 24-7. They're living their own lives. They're happy, and they just want this other person in their lives, to, you know, to share their good times. Now, 
that sounds awfully good to me. And so I think it's, it's sounding awfully good to the younger guys as well. Oh, I, I agree. Sandra, and your experience? My experience is, you know, I've dated someone as young as 25 and somebody as old as 80 since I've been divorced. And the filter has to be, is this a good person? Is this somebody you want to share your life with? You know, because somebody can be into your money at 50 just as much or more as they are at 25. And the one thing that I found was that when you date a younger guy who thinks you're fabulous or an older guy that thinks you're fabulous, the key is that he thinks you're fabulous, that he hold wants thought, to be Sandra. with you. I want you to hold that thought because that is the crux of the whole matter, that, that he thinks you're fabulous. We are going to go to a break, and when we come back, we are going to continue talking about the fabulousness of midlife, the fabulousness of learning to love yourself, to live passionately out loud and pursue your dreams. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress Kamen, and I'm going to give you Linda Franklin's information. To learn more about Linda and the Real Cougar Woman, go to realcougarwoman.com and Shining Service worldwide.com and again she is the co-host with Sandra Beck of poweredup.talkradio.com on twitter real cougar women women plural and on facebook linda franklin here come the tunes we'll be right back where is my heart we know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity we'll be right back to explain how on harvesting happiness with lisa cypher's Cayman on toginet.com be a part of the grateful good grateful nation brings together patients families friends and staff of beth israel deaconess medical center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center through new and traditional media members of grateful nation share experiences thank our caregivers and researchers participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events, and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. Today we're talking with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin about our fabulous 40s and power and raising our families and slowing down the tempo to transition out of a high-powered career to life at a slower pace, a life at a more dialed-in and plugged-in pace. And I think that that's what's very interesting about our conversation, ladies, is each of us are talking about the need to slow down, how we adapted to that slowing down process, and how it actually, at the end of the day, made us more effective and more powerful. Absolutely. 
it's like switching gears on a car. You know, I wouldn't trade my high powered career. Like Linda said, she wouldn't, you know, she loved wall street and she wouldn't trade that for anything, but just like a car, you know, going up a mountain and down a mountain, you have to shift gears through your life in order to, to keep happy and satisfied and live the life you want. You just don't, you know, push the, the pedal and go 90 miles an hour your whole life. I mean, somebody can. That didn't work for me. But, you know, switching gears in life and slowing down and speeding up at different parts in our life, I think, is critical. Lisa, for me, um, I think it, it's just very interesting, and I stop and I think about it all the time because the less I get involved, the less I get crazy about things, the more I just sit back and watch them unfold, the more, the more that actually gets done. And it, it doesn't make any sense because we're always told, work hard, work hard, work hard, don't ever stop, work hard, make it happen, make it happen. And when you're working in that mindset all the time and pushing through, um, you know, you, you just hit, keep hitting brick walls, but when you, you know, when you decide to say, okay, I'm going to let this go, I'm just going to stay in a good place. I, you know, I'll put out what I need to put out and then, but then I'm not going to mastermind every stroke. And then it's amazing what, what happens. And this concept of working smarter, not harder, it's not only applicable to our professional lives, it's applicable to our relationships, you know, how we engage with those people close to us that we love. You know, oftentimes women especially are so caught up in the pleasing of another that we can lose ourselves. And I think what this concept suggests when we take it into these interpersonal relationships is that when we learn to let it go, when we learn to breathe and lean into the relationship without trying to manipulate it and mastermind it is a kinder way that you've expressed it, Linda, but the lack of manipulation simply then allows it to unfold. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're with somebody that you can respect <laughs> and let them be who they are and not letting it drive you crazy, I think that's the crux of a whole relationship. And boy, when you're living with somebody uh, every day, it is, it's not easy. Nothing is easy. You, you know, you have to teach yourself to do it. Because if you keep the same old behavior, then you, you, know, you wonder why things don't get changed or don't get better. But when you lean, lean back and just let them be without getting crazy um, with everything that they do, they, they can see the difference. They appreciate it. Agreed. And to, to go back to the um, the cougar power, you know, the yes. real cougar cougar woman and dating somebody who is younger. I think that, you know, in reflection, I, I too have dated uh, men who are younger in my life. I was married to somebody significantly older and I've ended up in smack dab in midlife with somebody who is age appropriate. We're the same age. But when I dated somebody younger, I just found that the commonality was that they were grateful to be connected. They were interested in my intellect not it, it wasn't driven by sex or sexuality although of course that's a part of it but it was driven from not driven from the mythological place that one thinks of in the cougar dynamic no absolutely right i mean they appreciated you for the woman you are not for the woman they fantasized you'd be mm. and i think that the older men sometimes they have this kind of old fashioned way of thinking the way a woman should be and we're not like that anymore no. and so it it causes a lot of problems and so many women younger women are you know i think we're going backwards because they're they are bending over backwards to please the man 
And then as soon as they get married, of course, then that stops. And then there's such a myriad of problems that, that happen from that. But, you know, having somebody appreciate you for who you are, what you're doing, not trying to change you. I mean, women just love that so much. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to buzz in right now and say I want to talk about just for a second that whole thing about accepting the way you are with a younger man. With respect to the guys that I've dated that are younger, it wasn't uncommon for these guys to have moms who worked. Now, the guys that I dated that were much older than me, they had that specific idea that I should be waiting for them with dinner on the table when they get home. The younger guys picked up dinner. They jumped in and cooked with me. They put dinner on the table, did the dishes. They could fold laundry, and it didn't affect how they viewed themselves as a man. And I think that's something that's very different generation to generation. Wait, you said fold laundry? That's, <laughs> that, that's foreplay. All right, for all the men who are listening out there. <laughs> right, ladies? Am I right? These random, act of, of, random acts of domestic kindness are foreplay. Absolutely. Absolutely. I never Absolutely. got as excited as when one of my guys was, he's carrying the laundry upstairs and putting it away, underwear with underwear in my kid's drawer, t-shirt with t-shirts. I just about passed out. That man's going to get lucky. It was a guarantee. <laughs> that man definitely did get lucky because what he did was he met me where I was without any shame, without any issue, without any pressure. He's just like, Sam, I'm going to take this upstairs, get this done, you get that done. And we had more time together. And I had more energy with this man than I ever did with my husband because I had to do everything domestic. And those roles were assigned to me on top of my workday. Well, you were understood. My guess yes. is and, uh, that you felt understood and that that sense of being understood by another, which is the very basic thing that we crave yeah. in our personal relationships, is the gateway to intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's so important. And I don't know why we don't put more emphasis, emphasis on it because it's, you know, it, that's the crux of it all. It is. It's the crux of it all. Let's talk about don't ever call me ma'am, because I can think of myself in stores when people say, is that all ma'am? And I'm like, oi, ma'am, you're really calling me ma'am? I know. It makes you cringe. Yeah, You know, it makes you cringe. And, and at the, it has always made me cringe. And they start to call you ma'am uh, in your 20s. And you say, oh, my God, do I look like my mother? I mean, what is this all about? So, yeah, I just I was thinking of a title, and I really like that because... <laughs> I haven't met a woman yet that likes to be called ma'am. So the the book is basically, um, it's a compilation of, of a lot of the uh, things that I've written, a lot of the articles I've written about women over 40, you know, what we need to do for beauty and health and, and sex and, and work and second careers and just the way our, our minds work and, and, you know, what we have to look forward to. And um, it's really funny because I get emails a lot from men who have read the book and they said, thank you for writing the book because it was a great insight into the female psyche. And I needed that because I was really on the wrong track. Interesting. Interesting. And, and I am sure that on your radio show that you co-host together, Powered Up Talk Radio, that these subjects come up each and every week. Beauty, health, sex, relationships, and financial responsibility. So talk a little bit about the show, when it airs, and, and your unique approach because you are on opposite ends of the country. 
different coasts, different leanings, and yet you find this common ground to talk about each and every week. And different ages as well. I, I, 40 is behind me. I'm not, in my, I'm not in my 40s. And so, yeah, there's, there's an age gap too. And I do not have children, but we're women. And women have so much in common that it doesn't really matter, um, you know, what age you are. If you're on the same wavelength, you know, with, with what you believe in, age doesn't matter. I have a friend, uh, a, new, a new friend that's 89 years old, and I'll tell you one thing. She's got more energy, and she's smarter than most 35-year-olds I know. So, But, yes, we talk about all of those things, and, they're, and they're, you know, it, it, there's never end to all the beauty products and all the procedures you can do and, you know, the relationship issues that, we, you know, that people have. And, you know, and, and I am a big um, fan of getting women on board with, the, with taking financial responsibility because too many women don't, and then they end up in such a pickle either through a divorce uh, or as they get older, they just, they just, there's not enough money and they're going to have to keep working for a very long time. So because of my Wall Street background and I guess my own childhood, I'm a big advocate of women taking care of that on their own and not relying on the man. Dan, your turn. <laughs> oh, well, then the fun part comes in because as, as high-powered, you know, I have my MBA and Linda's, you know, Miss Wall Street. Then we sit down and we dish about lipstick and sex and relationships and girlfriends. And, it, you know, it's really funny to me that Erin, uh, who works for me, she's 20, I don't know, 21, 22, 23, something like that, you know, a different group. She will listen to the show and she's like, oh my God, you know, this just happened to me. And it, what Linda said is true. It doesn't matter. 20, 40, 60, 80, 100. We are all women at our core and we love these things and we can care for each other and teach each other the things that we're not good at, we don't know about, or we're not exposed to collectively as women. Because, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm telling you, it takes a village just to get through being a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so how very well put. I mean, it takes a village just to sort through all the beauty products. I mean, come on, we haven't even gotten to the to the hardcore serious stuff. But, you know, sorting through the plethora of um products that are out there and what people tell you to try, what the media tells us to try is no joke. Well, I'm a big it fan, is. you know, and then when women start to go through menopause and their body starts to change, and I'm a big fan of bioidentical hormones. So we talk about that a lot too. So this, this is a whole, this is a whole other show just on, on the changes <laughs> our bodies go through. So well, true. and my thing is if I go out the door looking like the Joker because I bought some lipstick that looks good in a magazine, I need my core girls like you guys to tell me, go back in and wipe that stuff off your face. Because I don't care if you're 20 or 50, we all do it. Ladies, tell us when Powered Up Radio is on the air because we are out of time and I want to make sure we direct our listeners to know when they can tune in to TogiNet. Sand? Oh, no. <laughs> It's it's um, we're we're live on TogiNet uh, Tuesday at three Central six uh, Eastern time. Excellent, and then of course all of our podcasts are always available at the ready on iTunes, where you can download any episode that you want for free. 
and pay it forward, share it. If you like what you've heard today, join us again. Join the ladies on Powered Up Talk Radio. And we are out of time, so I'm going to make the brief close here. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, Sandra Beck, and Linda Franklin wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Thank you for being a part of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen. We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central here on Togedat. For more on the show and Lisa, go to one of her websites, Lisa Kamen, that's K-A-M-E-N.com, whatisyourhappiness.com, or harvestinghappiness.com. Each week, Harvesting Happiness will shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Like Lisa says, happiness is an inside job. She's a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness and is considered an expert in her field. Find out more here again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central with Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet.com.